Watching live coverage of the Supreme Court nomination hearing of Judge Brett Kavanaugh up on Capitol Hill. First of four days of explosive uh, today, explosive uh, hearing uh, in the uh, Senate Judiciary hearing room with uh, some theatrics from Democrats there. Um, I'm Devin Dwyer in the uh, D.C. Bureau, We're joined by our political director, Rick Klein. We have full team coverage of the hearing. Also, some other headlines today, a new White House book bombshell. We've got uh, a replacement for Senator John McCain. And, of course, we have the new ABC News Washington Post poll, so a lot to dig into. Uh, but we're going to start with recapping the highlights from today's hearing, and the first part of it, at least, if you haven't been watching. Um, Rick, uh, a lot of chaos off the top, caught some people off guard. Uh, what's your big takeaway so far? Democrats came into today trying to make a point, and their point was about transparency and accountability. And the argument that they're trying to take to the American people who are tuning in the beginning of this hearing is, we just don't know enough about this guy. Well, I've watched a lot of these hearings, Devin, you've covered them as well. It's really hard to see that hold water, but it is part of a, of a broader portrait that they're trying to make of Brett Kavanaugh of out, as out of the mainstream, as someone that might be in the pocket of President Trump and someone that you just don't know enough about. And I think today there were a lot of salvos suggesting the direction of questioning in the days to come. And a really unusual beginning to the hearing just minutes before it kicked off, the Democrats started in protest. Take a look back. On the nomination of Mr. Judge Chairman Brett Kavanaugh, Mr. Chairman, to serve as Associate Justice, Mr. Chairman, I'd like Supreme to be recognized for a question States. before we proceed. Regular. The committee received just last night, less than 15 hours ago, 42,000 pages of documents that we have not had an opportunity to review or read or analyze. Mr. Chairman, I agree with my colleague Senator Harris. Mr. Chairman, I move to adjourn. We have been denied real access to the documents we need to advise. Mr. Chairman, the regular Senate, order is called for. Which turns this hearing into a charade and a mockery of our norms. What is with the rush? What are we hiding by not letting those documents come out? Sir, this committee is a violation of the values that we as a committee have striven for transparency. Uh, you are taking advantage of my decency and integrity. Reviewing Judge Kavanaugh's staff secretary documents would teach us nothing about his legal views. For that, we have the 307 opinions that he wrote and the hundreds more joined, totaling more than 10,000 pages of judicial writings. Let's bring in our senior Supreme Court correspondent, Terry Moran, who has covered uh, this hearing from the beginning, like so many others. Terry, um, a lot of theatrics there. I think unlike anything you've probably seen before, also a sign there that perhaps Democrats don't really uh, have many more tools in their belt to stop this thing. I think that's very astute, Devin, and I haven't seen anything like this. The first Supreme Court hearing I ever covered was Robert Bork's. That's how old I am. So I've been looking at these for 30 years. Not all of them, but a lot of them, for sure. And I got to tell you, I have never seen anything like that. It is, as you say, theatrics, and it's theatrics uh, with a purpose. They are designed to stir up the Democratic base. Uh, the Democratic voters are spoiling for a fight. Uh, there is a, a desperation in the air. Look, Republicans turned out in 2016 in large part on the issue of courts. Uh, they, they definitely made that an issue. President Trump promised a lot on it, and they turned out and voted. Democrats didn't. They're going to lose the Supreme Court as a result, and that is an agony for them. Uh, and in order to defeat this nominee, I think the Democrats have a, have a two-tiered strategy. Fire up the base and raise questions that fair-minded Americans you know, might, might puzzle over. Is there something being hidden about this nominee? 
Uh, is he in the mainstream? Look, the poll that we ran, and I'll, I'll leave that to Rick to discuss, uh, shows that the Democrats do have an opportunity here. But what you're seeing today is the passion of Democrats uh, that, is, that, is dry, that are driving these senators uh, to do this, to essentially stage a protest in the hearing themselves, and the powerlessness of Democrats at this point. Without turning Brett Kavanaugh into someone who is unacceptable for the Supreme Court, they're going to lose this fight. Today you saw their first steps in that battle. And I want to get to the documents debate in a second, Terry, but Rick, our poll, the new ABC News Washington Post poll um, out today has some very interesting numbers, both about how Americans feel about Judge Kavanaugh, but also the backdrop, uh, political backdrop that this hearing is taking place against, particularly with respect to executive power and concerns about the president, the Russia investigation, Jeff Sessions and the like. Yeah, the lowest support for a Supreme Court nominee since Harriet Myers uh, more than a decade ago. And of course, that was a nomination so controversial that President Bush had to withdraw it. And in that case, as well as this one, the, the, the main critique of, of Harriet Myers is that she was too close to the president. Uh, and, and I think this has to do with proximity to a president who is very deeply unpopular in our polls and elsewhere. And Terry, uh, going back to those documents that have been uh, much discussed today, help us unpack that a little bit, if you will. Um, we've been hearing from both sides about the volume of documents uh, surrounding Brett Kavanaugh that have been released, that haven't been released. What's your bottom line on, on, on this fight? Well, this is one area that the Democrats want to go hunting in so that they can find some issues that fair-minded Americans would be concerned about. And there's no question that Brett Kavanaugh has a tremendously long paper trail. He was a key staffer in the George W. Bush White House. He was right at the center of all of the paper that flowed through that White House at a time of intense national security concerns post 9-11. So a lot of those documents are going to be hard to get. But the Democrats are saying, look, we have to look at these things uh, to see where he was on some very important issues, on the issue of torture, on the issue of presidential powers in wartime, things that might come before the Supreme Court again. Their question is, how can we fairly do our jobs if we don't have access to the full paper trail? And even though we do have access to, we've been told we can't ask questions about in public. They say that that's difficult. Now, Republicans retort, look, most of you have already declared that you've made up your minds. So this is a bit of a sham, is, is what we're hearing from the Republican side, that so many Democrats have already declared their opposition. What do they need more evidence for? Uh, and yet it is an issue, I think, that, that was a springboard for them to demonstrate to their voters the passion and to raise the profiles of, of this hearing so that not, people not in their base, people not on either side, those 20 percent in the middle of our poll, uh, will start paying attention and then they can really get to work. Truly impassioned police, Terry. I think even Senator Blumenthal at one point directly asking Judge Kavanaugh to postpone the thing himself. Uh, we'll see. He's uh, set to speak uh, a little bit later today, and obviously tomorrow we'll take questions. We know you'll be there. Thank you so much, Terry, uh, for yeah. your time and reporting on that. Uh, tomorrow's going to be a big day, Rick. Uh, there are fireworks today. Tomorrow promises to be a marathon. I think 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. they've slotted for the grilling of Judge Kavanaugh. Yeah, and look, I've talked to Democrats and Republicans. Both have been involved in this, and Democrats are realistic. They know they don't have the votes. As Senator Graham said at the end there, if you want to pick judges, go win elections. The Dem Republicans have the votes here. But they are looking to these hearings to make a broader political argument about President Trump at this moment. And like everything else, this is about President Trump.
All right, and much more to come on that uh, here on ABC News Live, so we hope you stay with us. Meanwhile, a big bombshell new book is out uh, on the White House by veteran journalist Bob Woodward. Uh, the excerpts today appeared in the Washington Post. A lot of juicy color there. This is uh, a certainly a book that will rankle President Trump and is going to send shockwaves through this town once people really sink their teeth into it. Uh, let's bring in White House correspondent Tara Palmieri. The White House uh, Tara is already responding to this book, but before we get to what they're saying about it, give us a, a sense of some of the flavor, some of the highlights that you're seeing out there. Well, what I gathered from this book is that the people that are working around the president don't think that highly of him and think he needs to be monitored and policed and possibly managed almost like a child. I mean, some of the just some of the uh, reporting coming out of his book, Kelly calling the president an idiot, Secretary of Defense Mattis calling him a fifth grader, his own lawyer, Dow John Dowd, calling him a liar. Um, you know, we're hearing that Gary Cohn, the former head of the National Economic Council, claiming to have uh, allegedly stealing executive orders off his desk that he was worried that he was going to sign, specifically the Na uh, repealing NAFTA. So it's just really uh, interesting to see how it seems that all of these high-level officials that he hired all appear to be working against his agenda or don't have that much confidence in him. Uh, you know, we heard from Sarah Sanders. She obviously is already discrediting the book, but this isn't from Omarosa. This isn't Michael Wolff. This is Bob Woodward. It's totally different, but you know, she also adds in there that sometimes the president's way is unconventional, but he always gets results. So it seems in some way she is admitting that some of the, as it's called, crazy town might actually be a good reflection of what's going on inside there. So many eye-popping, juicy nuggets in there, and you know, and yet it, it, it shouldn't be all that surprising to us. We've lived through much of this <laughs> backbiting already, but the detail is just fascinating, Tara. Um, another nugget that was so interesting was uh, the, this uh, alleged um, mock interview session that the president mm -hmm. had with, uh, for Bob Mueller, uh, led by John Dowd, former White House attorney. Uh, Dowd actually to ABC News just disputed that account. He said there was no mock session. Um, we're starting to see these people come out of the woodwork and push back a little bit. But, Tara, you've got to wonder what the president actually thinks about this. He wasn't interviewed for the book. Right. And we heard that uh, long voicemail, uh, well, not really a voicemail, but a conversation between Bob Woodward and the president saying, I wanted to interview. I wanted to interview. I spoke to eight of your staffers requesting interviews. And then he says, I asked Kellyanne. And then President Trump gets Kellyanne on the phone. And <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, do we actually have that audio? And, and let's take a listen to that. What This is okay. a, a phone call between President Trump and Bob Woodward. Mm. Uh, just two weeks ago, after the book had already gone to the publisher, the president got mm. wind that it was going to be published, and he gave Bob Woodward a call. Take a listen to an excerpt. But you never called for me. It would have been nice, Bob, if you no, called I, I, for me in my office. I, I mean, I have a secretary. I have two, three secretaries. If you would have called directly, a lot of people are afraid to Raj. I hardly have, you know, I don't speak to Raj. I do, I do, and Kellyanne went to somebody, but she didn't come to me. And she should have come to me. She does have access to me, absolutely. She has direct access, but she didn't come to me. And you know what, that's okay. I'll just end up with another bad book. What can I tell you? Another bad book, the president venting there. Tara, we are almost certain to hear from him in the next 24 hours, I would so I'd imagine, on Twitter. Nothing yet, though. Nothing yet, but we did hear a little bit of a preemptive tweet last week talking about, an, you know, not naming Bob Woodward, but saying people are coming out with books claiming to know what's going on inside of the White House. And, you know, of course, his typical don't trust the media, fake news. But again, 
This is Bob Woodward. He's written about almost, I think, every president since Nixon. He is one of the most preeminent journalists of our time. And you can hear in that tape um, that Kellyanne admits that she went to his house and spoke with him. And many other senior officials that I've spoken have said, you know what? I spoke for, with him for hours off the record, on background. Um, so take it for where it's coming from. <laughs> it's coming from Bob Woodward. It's a, exactly. uh, the book is called Fear. It's 448 pages uh, of intrigue and chaos inside the White House right. out next week. We will be sinking into that. Tara Palmieri at the White House, thank you so much thank for you. that. Uh, meanwhile, Rick, we have some political news. Uh, speaking uh, of the Senate today, where um, Senator John McCain was laid to rest last week, of course, today, the governor of Arizona coming out, making a big announcement that they're going to send a former Arizona senator back in. Tell us a little bit about John Kyle, who's going to be replacing McCain temporarily. Yeah, back to the future. He held the other Senate seat, the one that was that's being vacated now by Jeff Flake, retired uh, 10 or 12 years ago now, uh, and, and has led a relatively quiet retirement, but a Republican loyalist through and through. He was actually key to the confirmation journey for Jeff Sessions and some of the early battles inside the Senate because of the respect he had. I, from people I've talked to today, this is about as good a pick as Ducey could have made, governor of Arizona could have made, if he wants to assuage both the McCain and the Trump wings. He may be uniquely able to, to unite the Republican Party, and it makes almost no possibility to my mind that Kyle's going to vote against Judge Kavanaugh in a couple of weeks. All right, John Kyle, former senator of Arizona, going back to the Senate, at least to 2020. Big announcement today. Meanwhile, let's take you back to the Senate for a continuation of day one of the Judge Kavanaugh confirmation hearing. He's being introduced right now. Take a listen. This is a family member. As a matter of fact, I was there when he married Ashley. I remember well the birth of his children. He is a great father and husband and son. In short, he's just a very good human being. Since the nomination of Brett Kavanaugh, I have been able to reflect back on those times and what my experience tells me about Brett in this crucial role. Many have given testimony to his extraordinary legal mind, the depth of his experience, his intellect, and his good common sense. You have heard, and you will hear, from his clerks and other jurists and great legal thinkers, as well as colleagues from throughout his career. I do not need to repeat their praise. 